Check, check, check. Let's get it. Trash Talk Radio. Coming at you live on MP3 from high on a hill above beautiful Lake Washington. My name is Lestro, and with me, as always, is the Guru. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And you know how this goes. We're here to talk a little trash on the week's worth of sports. I don't know anybody except the Guru, and the Guru knows all. Man, I know a little something, something, man. Just a little something, man. Guru, it is episode 46, and this week we've got Himes, the director of content at SportsMe, to join us as a Celtics fan in Los Angeles to talk about the NBA season. We're going to ask about his expectations for the upcoming season. Will the Lakers make the playoffs? Did the Raptors get better? And who will win the wide open East? But first, the NFL preseason is finally underway, Guru, and the Browns are making waves. The Browns? Andrew Locke is back, though his neck beard is not. Is it time to get hype? Or is it, Guru? He's got thoughts on this one. You can bet on that. Then, in segment two, Guru continues the countdown to kickoff with his top defensive ends. We got the two-minute drill. And you know we got a game time. Episode number 46, Guru. Let's roll. Ah, man. I, uh, it's good to be here with you, buddy. Good to you see you again. You didn't lose a shot of breath on that one, man. You must be doing that what they do out here in this Pacific Northwest, the CrossFit, huh? Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't do any of that. I'll tell you what, though, I got a, I got a little bit of that breath in me. Uh, I'm, I'm a little tired this week because I had a huge week, man. But what about you? How you doing, brother? Man, I'm living the dream, man. Living the dream. Don't you pinch me, man? That's what I like to hear. Do you have a good week? Yeah, man. I can't complain. Excellent. Can't complain. Nobody listens. <laughs> Dad, this week kind of went like a blur. Yeah, dude, for me too. It this went week, like a blur, man. This week was absolute madness for me because I uh, I've been waiting all year for this week. I had tickets, <laughs> I had tickets to go see Pearl Jam all year for this week, man. No, seriously, this was the week. I had tickets to go see Pearl Jam at Safeco Field this week. The home shows at Safeco uh, Field this week, man. Man, didn't you give out Pearl Jam's free plug last time too? No, plug them until the <laughs> cows come home. Pearl Jam raised $11 million this week to fight homelessness in Seattle. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. What? $11 million through these shows. So why it takes to go hey, see Wednesday's show, right? Hey, we're trying to raise Guru to not be homeless either, man. Oh, that's a good I point. I want Guru to have a home. Y'all, Pearl Jam. Yeah, I hear that, man. Club, Eddie. Y'all go a dollar for a million of you guys donate a dollar <laughs> to the Guru Fund so I will have a home, baby. Let the Guru live so I could give you all this hot Guru fire. <laughs> Well, Guru, I went to. A, I actually got a chance to go to both concerts this week. They played two God shows damn, at Safeco Field. How many homeless did you give home, so man? Uh, hopefully enough, because <laughs> uh, I certainly gave them money outside the stadiums. I gave them. So I had a chance to go to Wednesday's show, which was great. And then a, a buddy came through with an extra ticket on Friday, and the wife let me get out of the house on Friday too and go mm -hmm. see that show, mm -hmm. which was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. So, so shout out to uh, to Mrs. Lestro. Uh, mm -hmm. Big big thank you to her mm -hmm. for uh, for watching. Watching the babe this week and allowing me hey, to go see both concerts. Shout out to Mrs. Lesher, man. She actually accepted my friend request, man, on Facebook. <laughs> I gotta give a shout out. Yeah, I'm in the family now, baby. I break through. You've been in the family a while, brother. <laughs> ain't no problem. Through. Ever since, ever since little Lestro grabbed your <laughs> finger, was just like, I the like big. this one. Uh, you're, uh, you've been in. 
But that was my week, man. I don't know about you. I just so I'm tired from going to the concerts. I haven't got a lot of sleep. I don't care. I would do it again in a second. Pearl Jam blew my mind this week at I, Safeco Field. They were spectacular. Absolutely, man. I, I, the funny, the, it went by so quick this week. I don't remember. You have one of those weeks. I just don't remember what the hell I did. You know, I have a little trouble with that, too. Yeah, I just don't remember, man. Yeah, uh, it happens. Did, hey, but I did know one thing. We about, to, we about to get on this show. That's right. I'll tell you one thing that happened this week, Guru, is the NFL preseason started, Ooh, man. Wee, 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 hot fire. I know. It's like, you said it's like Christmas for you, brother. Yes, it's, uh, it's getting closer. You know, it's like, you know, the count before Christmas, actually, you know, you have that, that December 15th uh -huh. where you know it's coming. You start to feel it. You know, it's all you downhill. Know, that's what's happening right now. It's like. The, the commercials are coming now. You know, there's no more Halloween's nonsense. No, so no, now no. the football commercials are coming in now. You know, you're hearing the NFL films background. You know, yep. So the uh, and the stations is not showing commercials. Even my social media feeds. I mean, hits. I mean, uh, officials. Every time you hear official complain, it must be football season. Must be football you season know? coming up. I, I see flags and everything talking about official did this. Oh, must be football season. Well, well Guru, I was surprised. I I didn't get a chance to see any of the games this week because I was, you know, at Pearl Jam. Oh, of uh, but uh, helping the homeless, doing your community service. Right, that's it. I'm it's helping. not because you're there to enjoy the show. Not at all. You were there no. for the funds. I wasn't. I wasn't wasted singing along. I was there to help. That's that's what I told the wife. So um, anyway, we uh, in the football season. It seems to me that apparently the Browns are starting to make some waves. The hype that I've seen that start is that Baker Mayfield's going to win Rookie of the Year, Guru. Hey, the thing I love about the football season and the preseason. And everyone is zero and zero. <laughs> everyone Hope is for a everyone. Super Bowl contender. And then we always going to have the MVP. There's always that one guy who's the MVP of the preseason. So that means he's going to be Hall of Fame. Right, obviously. So this week now, Baker Mayfield. And you know, a lot of people say the guru have a beef with Baker Mayfield. He don't like the Baker. No, I'm not saying I don't like the Baker. But I'm just saying pause, time out. Take a chill pill. Not a book from Aaron Rodgers, no. No. I just said pause. P A U S E. Let me repeat that. Don't relax. P A U S E. Double vertical sign. <laughs> <laughs> so press that double vertical sign on your screen and just relax. Well, do you even think he's going to start, or do you think it's going to be Tyrod Taylor's team? I think Tyrod Taylor should be the starter. Um, obviously, he's a veteran. He's been there. He's accomplished. Um, his resume is done. His resume, what he has established so far, warned him to be the starter. Obviously, with Baker there, he should look over his back because you have the number one overall pick. He is the number pick. one pick. You know, Tyrod knows legitimately he's playing for another team. He's not playing to stay in Cleveland. No. So that's why I know Tyrod is going to put his everything in there because he knows. He's a professional. He knows how the business work in this industry, I mean, in this game. And he knows because of him being number one of all, Peel Baker, there will be a time regardless, even if Tyrod is playing lights out, even if Tyrod is the MVP candidate, he won't be a Cleveland Brown quarterback in the future. Right. This is going to be Baker Mayfield's team eventually. Absolutely. It's just a matter of time, Absolutely. really. So what Tyrod is basically playing for is a, 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 a basically – to be a placeholder because you know who else is gonna is gonna be needing a a, a starting quarterback probably next year them boys in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, and I'm bored because I don't think Tanny's going to make it. Doesn't so, seem like he's going to be their guy. You know, I can see Tyron Taylor being that guy, uh, basically being those bridge type of quarterback you have in the league. You know Great what? He, locker makes, room guy. he makes a lot of sense in Miami if you think about it, too. He, that, that, that's a good look for him I'm down there. You, I'm not saying late. Like, uh, the guru is no proponent of people losing their jobs and franchise quarterback. I am a proponent of people getting jobs. <laughs> Well, some of the other stories that came out of this preseason in the first week is that uh, is that Andrew, one of the other ones is Andrew Luck is back and throwing the football then. Now, he seems to have shaved his neck beard in favor of just a mustache, which I don't, I don't know, man. I got to tell you, I don't know about you, but unless you're a porn star or a firefighter, I don't trust a white guy with a mustache. That's just, it's just my, my experience. Don't trust a white guy with a mustache that's not a porn star or a firefighter. You know what? But it's, 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 there's a lot of reasons why I don't trust a white guy as well, but mustache is one of them too. It, it doesn't but, look right. <laughs> it does not look right. But Andrew Luck is such a f- character. Yeah. You know, I kind of—he's he, one of those guys. I want to have him like in an anime, like he's like a character. Like I, he shouldn't even be human. You know, his <laughs> voice don't sound like a human voice. His whole movement—he just sound like something that should be animated. Right? You think he, somebody acting like Andrew, hey, Andrew Lock? Is what he is. You know what? We should. There might be a brain or engine in there, and he might be a robot, dog. He might be Will Ferrell. Actually, yeah. might be the uh, as a character Will Ferrell's doing. Uh, is Andrew that's Luck. what I'm talking about. Get that look. Well, did you see him play at all? And, yeah, and they play the Seahawks, man. How do he look? Uh, he, he's He's, he's getting there. I is think Andrew Luck is a great quarterback. Um, I think the Colts are going to make sh- great strides with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is an elite quarterback. I don't think it's, it's arguable. I don't think it's something to debate. Well, when there's a lot healthy. of worry about him being injured and coming back. Do you think this season is the one where he gets back to being Andrew Luck? I, I think this season is going to be the season. Obviously, he missed a year and a half, so it's going to be some growing pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see them, put it like this, I see them finishing better than they start. All right. That's the only thing I could say. You know what? That's because the way that you want to finish. That is going to be a competitive division. Absolutely. And we're going to have a lot of guys in that division that's going to be coming after Andrew Luck. A couple more uh, preseason questions. Uh, Lamar Jackson putting on a show down there uh, behind Lamar Flacco. Lamar Hot Sauce Jackson. What do you think is going to go on there? Is that the same sort of situation that Baker Mayfield uh, is? Is it? Oh, should Flacco be looking over oh, his shoulder? Absolutely, man. Joe, get that heist money, Flacco. I'm always a proponent of people stealing those checks, man. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Joe Since Flacco, man, he took that Super Bowl and got that bags, man. Yeah, and he man. never looked back. But you know what, Joe? I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You deserved it. You deserve, when you win a Super Bowl, you deserve four years of being worthless. <laughs> Yeah, it's just look at look at what happened with Eli with the Giants. You know you deserve. Once you win the Super Bowl, eat that, take that money. The guru is all about getting that check. But after a while, you know you got to earn some checks. And I think Joe Flacco's days of um, getting that Baltimore right, Ravens right, right. check are numbered. I agree. Uh, I- and it's not because I think Lamar Jackson is all, all be all. I think he's. I've seen this before. You know, I want to see a little bit more for me to make any type of decision with him. I've seen this before. Being a wrestling, I've seen the RG3s. Mm-hmm. You know, I've mm-hmm. seen the athletic quarterback. I've seen the, the Randall Cunningham, the Michael Vick. I've seen all those guys before. So he's nothing that I could say I've never seen. No, no, I've seen him before. But now I want to give him some time to see how he's going to develop. Uh, because, honestly, I think Joe's gone. I think that organization with Ozzie Newsom retiring, I think it's going to be a change, a clean house. They got to do something different yeah, down there. I don't think Harboy is going to be the long-term effect. So uh, I think there's going to be a whole bunch of changes. Just watch out for Baltimore Ravens for the next year or two. I think it's going to be a lot of transition. Now, the other uh, the other story coming out of uh, preseason this week is uh, is your former team, because we know that you look uh, you look great in lavender now with uh, following Kirk Cousins. You like that? 
Oh, but I like that. <laughs> following uh, your former team, the uh, the Redskins, their uh, running back, Darius Geis, uh, was injured yeah. and is out for the season now. And you know, man, as people you might know, if you guys don't know, the Redskins, you know, it's the Guru squad. But right now we're on separation. Right. Uh, we're filing, uh, we're divorce papers filing because of the separation of my quarterback, Irrec- my cousin, my best cousin, Kirk Cousin. I feel like they made the wrong move. And just the curse of the Redskins. Irreconcilable differences. Irreconcilable differences. And they almost almost did make me sign the divorce paper, but the the, the lawyers is they didn't, I don't want to talk about my laundry, about <laughs> my dirty laundry right now. Uh, but what I'm getting at is the Redskins are the Redskins with Darius guys going down with an ACL injury. Um, they are who they, who they're gonna be, and throughout the year, me being a, a, a I used to be committed to them. And kind of sorta because paperwork wise, yeah. I am committed you to. Yeah, you're them. still there. Yeah, I'm still committed to. It's hard them, not to. But I will let you guys know why they are a miserable organization. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so, Guru, the question then becomes: With Geis going down, uh, there's a lot of questions about should they be playing preseason games? Is it the kind of thing that that is necessary? Do we need to have these? As as a former player and and knowing the players. Tell me a little bit about the importance of the preseason and whether or not it's the kind of thing that maybe we should think of shortening so that we don't get these kind of like injuries. Like I said, the preseason is predominantly for the younger guys, the guys to make a name for themselves. Prove themselves. Yeah, make the, the guys, team. That's all the hard work. And the guys you don't see about. The guys that don't have the multi-million dollar contract. Right. The guys without the Campbell suit commercials. Because those guys make a living. Those guys do exist. Yeah. You know, you have the practice squad players. You have the third string. You have the four corners. You have the third linebackers. Those guys do have family. They got kids. They got a mother. They got a father. They got expenses. So uh, the preseason is needed for those guys because that's what it's there for. But as for, if you're a legitimate contender, like a Super Bowl roster, like say the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. majority of those guys are just there to showcase for other teams like the Dolphins, who probably going to be the worst team in the league. Uh, you didn't I, hear that from me. Yes, I, you did. Yes, you the did. The Dolphins. Yes, you did. Yeah. Oh, my God. The heck out of here. The Dolphins look terrible. The Dolphins are terrible. All right. So, Guru, you can think that the preseason continues, but you wouldn't start your starters. I mean, it makes sense nah, not starting Alex Smith. Your star, the, you got to play your starter. Like, game here, game there? Yeah, at least. Uh, what they say? The, the dress rehearsal. That's like right. number three. See, game number three. Because you can't not go to game one. Right. Because that's you. your body got to go through that as far as competition against somebody else, not just in practice. So you won't get injured. So it's necessary. All right. I guess we'll see what happens as we go on. We got four weeks, Guru. Four weeks till the start of the NFL season four again, man. Four weeks till that Christmas gift is open, man. I can't wait for I can't wait for that first game in Philly. I can't wait to let Philly fans go crazy. Them birds, man. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles! <laughs> oh, wow, sorry, that was a reflex. I didn't I didn't even realize Skulls! that was gonna happen. <laughs> Well, Guru, you mentioned Christmas, and uh, and you know Christmas is actually dominated by the NBA. It seems like the NBA Adam Silver owns Christmas. Oh, we got it? the uh, we got the schedule this week for the NBA, including the Christmas schedule, which is just bonkers. It is a great schedule: Bucks, Knicks, uh, OKC at Houston, Sixers, Celtics, Lakers, Warriors, and the Blazers, Jazz, rounding out the night. That is a great day. Hey, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, right? I love how the NFL owns Thanksgiving. And you know how the NBA, NBA owns Christmas. And I got Christmas, baby. So I just want to say, first of all, apologies uh, to Lil Lestro. I know it's your first Christmas. 
I'm sorry I missed it, but did you see this lineup? I got I got NBA games to watch, buddy. You'll, you'll understand someday, is is what I can tell you. Uh, but, but Guru, we've got a special guest this week to talk NBA with us. We've got Himes, the director of content at the Sports Me app, who's going to talk a whole lot of NBA with us. So, uh, so what do you say we head over to our interview with Himes? Let's get it. Trash Talk Radio. TTR. Trash Talk Radio Guru, we got a special guest with us on the show today. We got Himes, the director of content from Sports Me, here to talk a little NBA with us. Now, I got to tell you, we did a little pregame with this guy, and I found out some terrible, terrible news about him. It turns out that Himes is a Boston sports fan, and somehow you still invited him hey, on the show, Guru. You know what? I should have gone back to TTR um, briefcase, man, in the past and talking about your rant you had about the Boston fans. Oh, I you, had, you had an hour-long show about every <laughs> fuck Boston, beat Boston, fuck I'm, Boston fan. I don't, blah, I don't know blah, what blah, he's blah. talking about, man. So, I, I, hey, it, I was what, excited it's okay to me. have you. Hey, it's okay with me. Remember, I just do the ring count and realize, you know, we're all good over here. See, that's why. That's why. That's why. Himes, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Oh, man. It's another day in paradise, guys. Man, it's good to be with you. It's good to cause a ruckus with you guys. I've seen a lot of your guys' stuff. I love it. I love what you guys do, and I love the fact that you guys allow cursing because, man, I fucking hate going on the radio not being able to say crap about anything. Hey, hey, man, we hey what's our motto over here? We're not Disney. We're not Disney. <laughs> we got, we're, not, we're not working for, for the network, for the mothership. We're going to do what we got to do we out go. here. The mothership, the man. Mo- you sound like you're an Illuminati conspiracy theory. <laughs> it, is, it is ESPN. It's hard to tell. <laughs> so, Himes, you can find Himes before we get this started. Let's tell the folks where they can find him other than Trash Talk Radio. They can find him on Instagram at Himes World. They can find him on YouTube at Alexander Himes. They can find the sports. Sports Me app on Instagram or the Sports Me page on Facebook. And you should go get the Sports Me app at GetSportsMe.com. It's a place for you to get in there and debate uh, with other sports fans and uh, and get your voice heard as well. Thanks hey. for coming to our show, man. Hey, the guru's on Sports Me, hey. man. So the guru won a couple of battles, man. So I'm, I'm, I can't wait to battle some more people out there on Sports Me. So I'm Ooh. all about them Sports Me, man. Go get that Sports Me app. <laughs> Let's go, guys. Come on. With a name like the girl, the man sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I guess we'll find out right now. I guess that's the case, huh? Well, Hans, I know uh, we got you here to talk a little NBA because the NBA revealed its uh, its schedule for the season. It's been another massive offseason for the NBA. And you actually are talking to us today from out there in L.A. So you have yep. a huge the place to be right now. L.A., like my man Biggie said. Right, man? I thought it was going to be Philly Ooh, for a while. Up. But turns out yeah. L.A. is the spot to be right now. So, Himes, uh, let's start with the big news out there is uh, – is LeBron coming to town? Just give us your thoughts on LeBron coming to the Lakers. Is he going to make them relevant? Because they've been bad. <laughs> oh, man. You know, LeBron coming to the Lakers is the best thing to happen to the NBA since 2010 when the Lakers managed to win and steal the one NBA. against my Celtics. Yes. You know, <laughs> I got I got to level with you guys. You know, as a Celtic fan, at first, you don't really want to see the Lakers do well. But then you get kind of tired of it after a couple of years of watching the Lakers literally uh, sit in mediocrity. And I'm like... You know, the NBA is great watching the Celtics play well, but really the NBA is at its best when the three best organizations in the league, and I'm counting the Knicks on that one. Yeah. The trash oh. still to be as bad there. as they are, the Knicks yeah. need to be in and, that And argument. when we say oh. three organizations, I just want to make sure we defense right here. Three big market organizations. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
It's yes. all about business here. We know in T-Tier, it's all about that check. So let's just understand. Oof. It's all about that check, correct? Well, it's also about the... It's uh, all about the money, man. Yeah, but it's also about the, the history and, and the game itself. You've got the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Knicks. Those are the big names in the NBA, if you will. And the league does well when they do well, you know? Yeah, no, no, it's, no. It's, so it's true about history. It's true about the history, but let, let's be... Let's just be honest. Like, even Philadelphia, I'll count Philadelphia because of the history behind it. If we're going there, but like, if we're going just big market value, Los Angeles and the Knicks are the two big value teams. Absolutely. That's like grade A. Yeah. Boston isn't necessarily a big market, but because of the history, because of all the other sports that are there, it makes them a grade A market team because the fans are just nuts. Yeah. The fans so, are just nuts. And, and this, you have grade A media because that's what also makes it a, a market. It's the media. The media capacity and the media coverage makes the market. So is that is that a true state statement? Yeah, 100%. I mean, think about all the guys that talk great about Boston, even though they're the legends of like 20 years ago. No, I, I, I make a point to talk about Boston because, you know, we talk about the Knicks and the Lakers having great markets, and it's because of their cities, their locations, yeah. and whatnot. Boston isn't necessarily like that in a sense, but – it's because of the rich history, what they can offer. The like when you have Danny Ainge come up to you and basically say, "Do you want to don the Celtic green?" It's more than just about being in Boston during the crappy weather of the summer. It's about being there. Or the crappy weather of the winter. <laughs> I wasn't going to shout it out like that, but I mean, if we're going to put it bluntly, yeah, it's hundred percent crappy. I mean, why do you think people stay in and watch their Celtics games, That's right. or the Red Sox games, or their Patriots games, or occasionally when they're really drunk enough, they watch their Bruins games? Oh, you beat but, me to it. I was going to say, I just assumed they were drunk. <laughs> Oh man! So, Himes, let me ask you about the uh, about the uh, the LA market that they they moved to out there. You know, my argument all along has been that LeBron made a business decision. This is not a basketball decision to move to LA. I mean, it's going to make the Lakers a better team. But what do you think? This was a business decision by LeBron, Absolutely. right? This had nothing to do with the team. He walked away from now. Cleveland didn't make an offer. All right, Let, let's just put it like that. Yeah. But Cleveland could have offered the most money because of bird rights. So that's eighty million in difference that he would have gotten if he like said, you know, I do want to stay in Cleveland. But he came to Los Angeles, decided to take less money, and why is that? Because there's so much out here. He's got Blaze Pizza. He's got the marketing to do uh, uninterrupted. He's got now full time to be doing film yep. shoots in Los Angeles in his off time. Yeah, I mean, this was a business decision. But think of it like this also. It's the end of his career. People don't want to talk about it, but I'm sure you guys can understand why I say this. If you watch LeBron enough, watch him when he goes up to dunk. He doesn't get up like he used to. There is a significant difference, and people don't want to acknowledge it, but it's true. So this is a decision also for his future. Yeah. The time always yeah. wins. Look at the squad that the Lakers have. Although they're young guys, right, and we've all talked about how they could get Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or literally any other name that was available in the market because it's the Lakers, obviously. Yeah. They didn't get it, but next summer they're going to go into free agency with all this money and a bunch of rookies that will play well this year because LeBron's there. Yep. They'll up their trade value. Had those they stats. Turn those guys. Yeah, like this is an investment in LeBron's future. It's him basically saying, yes, my career is winding down. I just had the best career statistically that I've had in what? This is his 13th se- This was his 13th season. Mm-hmm. It was more than that. Wasn't it like 15? Given one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. One, one or the other. This was his best statistical year in the latest yeah. year of his career. So he's got a bunch of young guys, young talent. He's got a KD equivalent who's up and coming. In, uh, oh, watch no, it, no, watch it, it, watch it. Come on, man. Hang on, I want to see the no, name. No, no. Which name? No, no, no. I know Ingram, what he's going to say. Ingram. I know Brandon Ingram. Ingram. All right. come on. I was making sure he no, wasn't no. saying ball. No, no, come on, man. 
Every year, statistically, Ingram has gotten better. Look, man, I always reiterate that I'm a Celtics fan, but when it comes down to basketball, basketball is basketball. Like, you got to give credit where it's due. He's got Kyle Kuzma, who's on the up and up. Like, he impressed everyone being basically the steal of the draft. Absolutely. So, so, well, you know, so maybe what, maybe the second steal of the draft. So what Tatum you, at three. So, what are you basically be. saying, Alexander? What are you basically saying here, man? Are you saying the Lakers are going to win a championship in this, in LeBron James' contract, within his contractual term? I think that the Lakers will get at least one con, uh, one ring within LeBron's contract, but they need to get – this year is the honeymoon year, right? Mm-hmm. This is his first year in Los Angeles. He's with a new coach, new system, new team, new mm-hmm. everything. And another so, thing I want to say about that new coach, I don't believe he's going to be the coach but everything's said and done. Oh, really? finish everything, yes. Luke because Walton? there's a history of LeBron. Wherever LeBron goes, it's been a history of that, that LeBron brings his own guy. You think uh, Tyrone Lue is going to I'm just saying LeBron is not the easiest guy to coach. And I'm going <laughs> to tell you something about Luke Walton, all right, because LeBron is coming out there with a baggage. When you sign LeBron, that means as a coach, you better watch yourself. Not just history of showing that, yes or no. I mean, I thought you were going to go with the whole statement that Luke Walton was the coach that was there before they brought in the new regime of Palenka and Magic. So I think it's more likely not that LeBron basically gets him fired. I think this is a te- this is a test run because Luke Walton has made the Lakers significantly better, but we don't know how he's going to mesh with a LeBron James. So this is the year that it's a hundred. They're giving him a test run because you know why LeBron? What the what the Lakers break up is the whole package of LeBron. It's not just the basketball player yeah. LeBron. That's what I guess people got to understand. Yeah, no, 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 it's like him, he's, his guys, his yes, coaches, his players. Exactly. You're getting LeBron input for every player move, yeah. every player development, every player movement, every input as far as the games, the lineups, the scheme, the setup. That takes a toll, especially on a young coach like a Luke Walton. Do I think he got the fortitude to be uh, to be that coach? I don't see that. I think they're going to have a more of an experienced guy because, frankly, I don't think LeBron respect Luke Walton as a coach. I don't think – I think Luke Walton got to earn LeBron's respect. And I, I don't think he's think got he a shot will, at it, though. And I don't think he's going to be the head coach at the end of this contract. I don't think he's going to last that long. Well, Luke played with uh, LeBron and Cle- – uh, no, he didn't. It was exactly. the year after. That's what it was. It was the year he after. He never played. Well, you know, I – I think that it's a little too early to judge, honestly. I just – I think Luke Walton has done a good enough job to warrant, you know, we'll give him At the least trial. a full season. Yeah, they yeah. give him a full year. They let they let it go. They let uh, let this play out, see how it goes, especially because it's the first year where they don't have any other marquee guys they've signed. Every, you know? every first year where LeBron has been, it's been historically, every year, every stop, there's been a drama with the coach. Where have Not you been Spolstra. from Spolstra? Yes, there was Spolstra with the coach. It well, was, yeah, he was, didn't get fired. Yeah, he just got to fired. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, was, it was basically the, the um, what's the name over there, the GM, that basically put Pat Riley is the one that had LeBron in check. Yeah. And, Le- and then he, had, he also had D-Wade, which helped him out to get over the Spolstra hump. But you remember the little elbow bump, he didn't even talk to Spolstra a couple of times. Remember, Pat Riley sat them down and said, hey, this is my guy. And then that's what changes. But everywhere else you've gone, LeBron always bicker with the coaching staff. Always. Till he gets his guy. And that's why I still think Luke Walton still has the backing of Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka. They've been around him enough. They've gotten to see him grow as a coach. Even when they weren't there the season prior to that, they got to see last year's season. They they know this guy can coach. Like, it's not – 
it's not a bad thing. Luke Walton is a good coach. He is a player's coach. He understands the new schemes. I mean, hell, he got a better record with Golden State than Steve Kerr. And obviously, I preface that with Golden State is an auto engine, basically. You can yeah. insert any coach, basically. But when you get a better record than the head coach that's there, that still says something to me about what you're doing with the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I like to say, who's more valuable, LeBron or Luke Walton? Oh, definitely LeBron. Uh, he's because uh, he's gonna outlast it. So if LeBron said, "Hey, Magic, I want a different coach," what do you think Magic is gonna do? I'd say the most valuable player would be Vladimir Rodmanovich. Throwback to two thousand seven, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when the Lakers gave us uh, Banner seventeen. Much appreciated. Thank you, Vladdy. Uh, All right. So, so Himes, bottom line it for us: Where do the Lakers finish out this year? Do they make the playoffs? Do they okay, make a run? Look, What's the deal? Look, look ESPN. Uh, All right. Without being. Uh, a full asshole. ESPN is fucking stupid for saying they're going to miss the playoffs. Let's put that number one. Yeah, absolutely. Of course Lakers, they are. We say that all the I, time about them. Yeah. I've contended that the Lakers will be, for a first year of having LeBron James, a fourth seed. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if that they is a get a high third. seed. Well, yeah. I mean, Dude, think Portland about the other was a three seed last year. I know, but that's it's what still I'm saying. High seed. Yeah, but also remember that the other teams that were in third, fourth, fifth, and sixth were basically one game apart, and it was also because of yeah. divisional differences that gave them the advantage. Look, we know Golden State is going to be a rocket number one, especially now that Houston's taken a step back. So Houston's going to be probably number two because they'll shoot you out of the gym, even though Carmelo Anthony is going to be a dead ball possession every other possession. <laughs> no, honestly, they got worse. You're not worse. wrong, man. You're not wrong. They they got worse. Like they were winning. They set an NBA uh, their team record for 65 wins this year. They'll probably get maybe you know anywhere between 56 and 60. That's that's relatively safe for them. And I think the Lakers fall somewhere between. Uh, Three and four, it wouldn't surprise me if they get three, but I think safely to say for the first year of LeBron James in the honeymoon phase with all these young guys around him, they get the fourth seed. I'm going to disagree with that. I think they make the playoffs, but I don't think they have a, the home advantage. I think they're in the lower half. I think they're in the five to eight seed. I don't think they. I don't think they. I don't think they host a first round game. Uh, then who's better uh, than them? Game. You know what? We'll see as the season goes. I but think I just, Utah. Utah got. I think Utah's Utah's got a shot. I think Portland Adam. can sneak in. Nah, I, Portland is done. I don't believe I, Portland. New Orleans. I think there's. I think any of these teams can get hot <laughs> at the right time. Okay, that's where I'm going to call you right there. Utah, I think, would be the flip team, the 3-4 team with the Lakers, right? Like, mm. it'll go either way with mm. those teams. New Orleans, they were great last year because they had my old friend, my favorite guy to watch in green in the last couple of years other than Paul Pierce, which was Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. He was really Playoff the reason. Rondo. Now with the yeah, Lakers. Pe- people don't realize I that Rajon Rondo, Rondo was outplaying Drew Holiday. Although, don't get me wrong, Drew Holiday is a great player, but really what made their system click is they had a guy who was a true point guard, and then they had a guy who could play off guard, and they meshed really well. So they were getting worse. You know, uh, Damian Lillard and CJ ended up running into the playoffs last year, getting basically pounced on by the uh, Pelicans, and it's like, well, now that KD's told us, you know, enjoy your playoff seating, you're not really going to be going far in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. It's like, well, now they realize everything. They're back to earth and reality, so they're not going to be as good. So that's why I think the Lakers will fall somewhere between three and four. All right. We'll see as the series and plays out. Now, let's, I, I, let's move over of, to the you East. You know what? It's kind of – he didn't say anything about OKC. Yeah, I noticed that too, actually. You didn't say anything about OKC. Between, that's why I see the Lakers more – like more, agree more with you, Lestro. Uh, closer to the five, six range because I see OKC basically coming out third, with the, getting that third seed. Utah probably flipping with the Lakers between the fourth and fifth seed. That's what I see more than the third and um, fourth seed. Well, let's uh, – 
Go I got ahead. OKC. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I just want ahead. to say this. I, I do have OKC at five, though. That's what I have. Okay. Well, let's move over to the East then, because this uh, the East the what? is the East is the other side of the country. Oh, it's, so uh, what? It's, there's a, a bunch of teams over there fighting oh, you for mean, it. You, you mean what? The two teams? Oh, we, you mean three teams over there? Got a handful of teams in the uh, East uh, that are going to fight. So I want to talk before we get, because I know we got uh, some limited time that we're going to run up against here. So what I want to ask you about before we uh, move on is is about the other big trade. We got to talk about Kawhi going to the Raptors and, and Rosen going to the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Does this make the Raptors better, and does this get them over the hump, or do you think your Celtics are still the team to beat? Because obviously you think you don't think it's the Sixers. I know that. <laughs> I will say that the Raptors got a lot better. They mm-hmm. now have a great A option to build their franchise around. There's that's no slight against DeMar DeRozan. I love him. I love watching his game. I loved his story with Toronto. But look, Kawhi Leonard, when you have the option to get the second best player in the league when healthy, mind you. You do it, especially when it's like a one-for-one trade. If you look at the yeah. trade, it's really one-for-one. Did Superstar you just say the second best player in the league? When healthy. Uh, when healthy. I, just, I, don't, I gotta make sure I heard that again because it's, <clears throat> I just got a phone call from KD. I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I just got a, I just got a, you know, a DM. You know, KD loves DMing. Was it him or was it his burner account? I just account? got a DM from KD saying, um, my man Alexander just said some crazy shit. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? After this show. Put this on Instagram, shout him out for me, because I want him to understand something wholeheartedly as I say this. Kevin Durant, you are not the second best player in the league when healthy. Kawhi Leonard is a two-way player. I am sorry. That's the difference. once you are able to get that second part of your game down, you can be the best jump shooter of all time. You can be the guy that rides the coattails of another system. You can be the guy that goes to a 73-9 and win team to win a championship, walking away from what is the equivalent of Oscar Robertson for this generation and still not be the second best player in the league, which, oh my gosh, you did, and you are not the second best player in the league. I love it. You, broke, it your you broke the guru, whoa, Himes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Excuse me. Do we? When do we start implementing drug testing? <laughs> For I, know, I know it's legal in Los Angeles and in California, but jeez, my God. Well, you know, I that got to be straight from Dubai weed right there, I got to tell you something, man. I think Himes makes a good, good point. Hey, you straight smoking with my man Josh Gordon over there. That's the real suspension weed you're on because you talking hey. some nonsense. I actually think he makes hey, some sense man. here. I think KD might be the greatest offensive player, but the kid doesn't play a lot of defense like Rosen. Not, I, not greatest Rosen, offensive like a, player of all like time. Kawhi hey, does. let me tell you the X factor here, okay? Okay, there's two sides to this. Yes, you might not play the defense, right? But guess what? He's going to put up 50 points, and he might allow 25. So at the end of it, he wins the numbers game. All right? So at the end of the day, no one, no one is going to be able to defend Kevin Durant. No one in the league, including Kawhi. All right, all right, all right. Let me remind you. If you had to pick a game of one-on-one, KD versus the Claw, KD. I'm going to tell you right No, <laughs> not at all, because the Claw is going to lock him down. It's the defense that makes a difference. Remember that old adage, defense wins championships? Well, Kawhi Leonard is not just a defensive stud and defensive player of the year. He was also a finals MVP and the reason why the Spurs were able to beat, oh, I don't know, the best player in the NBA in LeBron James in Miami when LeBron was younger and healthier and had a better squad around him. Oh, my God. I like this guy, you know Guru. What? You know what? Hey, pass me. Please pass me whatever these guys mean. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to the East then. Are the, are the Raptors the team to beat with Kawhi, or is uh, or is it your Celtics? Is it my Sixers? Or What's it, going on Is it my East? Wizards finally going to step up with uh, Dwight Howard? What's it, going on? It's definitely not the All Wizards. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So after <laughs> the show, go go on my Instagram real quick after the show and look at the Dwight Howard meme I made. It's a clip of Dwight I Howard saying that. 
I saved yes, it. Right. Heim's so, World on Instagram. Check him out. Hey, Heim's World on Instagram. I reposted. <laughs> I reposted a whole bunch of it. I like that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this city, this team is where I want to be. All right, Dwight Howard is not going to make a difference. I love John Wall. Big Blue Nation shout out. That's my thing. But I got to say, the Raptors are a second to third seed. And the reason I give them a third seed potentially is because they're implementing a new coach, new players, yeah. different system. Like, yes, of course, he was in the system and they got rid of Casey. But Casey was really a face of that along with DeRozan. So there's going to be growing pains. It's going to take time. But the Celtics are the team to beat from the two standpoints of, look, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year without their two best players, mind you, who are all-star players, one of which won a ring with uh, LeBron James and, quite frankly, was the reason why LeBron won that ring with that clutch shot. And two, because the Celtics have the most interchangeable system and Brad Stevens. So we got to give credit where it's due. We got to give credit where it's due. The favorites in the Eastern Conference to come out of the East right now, as Jalen Brown said it best, is the Boston Celtics. Then I have the Sixers in second. Because, I'll take that. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. For what the Sixers have been doing, and for the playoff run that they had, they're still young. It's mm-hmm. up and coming. You know, you got to build. Yeah, up still building. What you're doing. Last year, I, last I, year they were early. I mean, that team should not have been yeah. where they were last year. So, getting that experience under the belt and moving forward from there, I think they're a dangerous team. And I don't. They may not have put together the kind of off season that a lot of people thought they would. But at the same time, if they get Fultz back, if he comes back shooting like Fultz did when they drafted him, that might as well be the offseason pickup that they absolutely. need. Absolutely. Well, also, mind you, look, they picked up Wilson Chandler, who everyone sleeps on. Remember, Wilson Chandler was the centerpiece. Point. I like uh, Wilson, Chand- <laughs> Wilson Chandler was the centerpiece of that Carmelo trade along with Denalio Gallinari. And look, Wilson Chandler is a baller stud. And pair that with the potential interest of Jamal Crawford. Look, the Sixers are retooling. They're getting better. They're getting, yes. They've got shooters now. They put they tooling. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're Dude, doing. They're getting shooters around them. They they are building a team that's very much catered to what they're doing offensively. So that's why I give them second place in the East. And as much as I hate the Sixers for them and the Celtics rivalry, look, I gotta give credit where it's due. Like Brett Brown uh, went through years of being the process and look at what it's got him. We all knew he could coach. He came yeah. from the uh, Popovich coaching tree. Like, there's no doubt in my mind he could. See, so I, this is that time where they're up on the up and up. And then, you know, the funny thing is, if you remember, I predicted this a while back on, on TTR that the, the team that's built to beat Golden State is the Sixers. Is the Sixers. Yeah. You know, I've said this live from the last year and False. keep going on. I think this team that's built, because I don't see Kyrie lasting with you guys. I think the Boston is only good. Kyrie is an X factor. Without Kyrie, you guys are just a very well-coached team. You guys are not the best team. They beat us without Kyrie. No, like I said, very well-coached team. But let me finish with that. Let me finish with that. So I think think, um, Philly, because of their length, uh, because you know the gel, everybody's staying there. Uh, The one key thing is, and obviously they all play the position, positionless basketball, but just the length of Philadelphia, I think that's what's going to cause the biggest problem uh, for Boston because Boston is not as long. Mm-hmm. That's one. And and Golden State is also, that's the deficiencies. Uh, a team that's long and also as athletic. And obviously, Joel Embiid is going to be the one X factor. Just like KD is unguardable, Abib is going to be unguardable in every level. No one in Boston could guard him. And there's no one in Golden State I could handle him. So those two are going to be the two X factors. And I see Philly and 
Golden State in the finals. Well, Himes, you talked about this rivalry here, the Sixers-Celtics uh, rivalry that was sort of rekindled this year and, uh, and especially in the playoffs. The NBA is actually banking on that rivalry, man. Have you seen the schedule that came out for the, uh, the upcoming season? The, the Sixers I'm and, stoked. The Sixers and Celtics open the season against each other, and they play on Christmas, man. What do you, uh, what do you think of the schedule that you've seen so far? I mean, far? that's the only team in the East, right? It's, it's, it's those two, there's yeah. the Raptors. There used to be a team in D.C. that no, was pretty it, good. It is, it's basically <laughs> it's the Sixers and Boston, and then you have every other players. Then you have players in the rest of the East. Yeah, that's true. Then There's the one team you guys haven't mentioned, though. There's one team you haven't mentioned that I, I, I can't believe. Toronto? Atlanta? No. They're not going to be a uh, Indiana. but I like they're going to be a... Oh, well, Pacers. Oh, yeah. Indiana, yeah, yeah. Let's Indiana not forget the Pacers. Great. Yeah, but I'm thinking Milwaukee. Now that uh, uh, Jabari Parker is gone, Look, when <laughs> he was drafted... No, no, no. Think about this for a moment. When Jabari Parker was drafted in that draft with Wiggins, those two were the A-plus players that everyone said were going to be like once-generational players. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee got that guy, and in the same draft, they managed to get the Greek freak, all right? Mm-hmm. No one expected the Greek freak to be this good, and everyone had these high expectations for Jabari. Jabari's gone through these two ACL tears. It's been unfortunate. Now that he's gone, though, there's no question of who's 1A, 1B on scoring. 100 Giannis's team. 100% Giannis's, Giannis's team. team. And that means... They're going to have a much easier time offensively, especially with this new coach. They now have a full half season, at least under, and now there's an accl- uh, they're acclimated to what this guy wants to do offensively and defensively. Their team is good. Chris Middleton is a good second option. Like They're a team that can cause trouble in the second round. They're the equivalent just better than the Washington Wizards in the sense that when you go in the playoffs, they're going to give you a run for your money, but you'll still overcome. So I'm glad you brought up the Bucks because they are also highlighted as part of the Christmas Day schedule uh, and, and a major team that's there. And they will also be playing a team that has a new coach, which is uh, the Knicks and uh, and Fitzdale coming in to, to coach the Knicks in there. So uh, what do you think? Uh, let me, what do you think because about... Because we'll basically see what's going to happen. The Bucks playing the Knicks because the Greek freak is going to be a future Nick. You know, it's just an easy transition from... Get out of and, Milwaukee. And, and, and Kyrie's going to be a Knicks, so like it's easy too. transition from... So, that's all. It's just, it's just foreshadowing. The guru already told you what's going to happen. New York, just like you said, the NBA, and this is from you too, Alex. You said the NBA likes um, L.A. and New York and Boston and all this. Let me tell you how the NBA is going to salvage New York. The Greek freak and Kyrie going with uh, with uh, the, the, the unicorn, I'm telling you, now you have a stupid contender and in that New York. kid they picked up uh, this year who's uh, slipped my mind that did so well in the, uh, in the, the, the summer league for them. Kevin Knox, Knox, Knox big Knox. blue nation. Hey, Dude, and that guess kid what? Play. And I said before saw, he'll be in the discussion and for then rookie. I know the attorney of sports would love to see that happen, yeah, man. That, kid, <laughs> that kid's good. That kid can play. Okay. My only question to you is <laughs> whatever you asked that I was smoking, man, you were definitely on those drugs. Give me whatever <laughs> you got, man, because I need something to get through this conversation right now. I, <laughs> all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpackage this one for you real quick. Kyrie Irving is not going to the New York Knicks from the basis that there's $80 million at stake. You are the face of a franchise who is now the opponent of your old teammate in the Lakers. So you have so much riding on you being a Boston Celtic. And the only way that this man leaves Boston is if Trader Danny pulls off a move to send him to New York, get some picks back, get some players, get something compensation, because he will not let any player leave during a contract season. We've seen it with all these other guys, Avery Bradley, Jordan Crawford, 
all these other names get swapped out His the year before. Season. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna put it past Danny Ainge to trade Kyrie Irving somewhere during the season. He made the hey, he made it without him last year. We, he can do it again. And the thing is, without Kyrie, saying. there won't be a championship team. And there you go. False. All right. Well, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid we're gonna have to let you go, Himes. We uh, we uh, are running out of time on the show here. We're definitely gonna have you back, and we're definitely gonna do it when we get into that uh, that Sixers Celtics rivalry. Because you know, you and me are gonna go back and forth on this for the entire. Let's season. do it, guys. Let's do it. I love being on the show, man. Thank you guys for having me so much. It's been a pleasure. Our pleasure. And if you want to find Himes, of course, you can find him at uh, on the Instagram at Himes World. You can find him on YouTube at Alexander Himes, or you can go to the uh, Instagram and get the uh, Sports Me app on Instagram, the Sports Me page on Facebook, or GetSportsMe.com. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, so great having you. You could also get, get them. Guys. You could get them at your local grocery stores, man. You could get them at the condiment <laughs> section. Heinz ketchup, Heinz mayonnaise. I got the best marketing play on the planet, man. I'm in every grocery store on the every nation. Every chain, man. Every barbecue. You can't have a barbecue without my man, Heinz, baby. <laughs> Thanks Let's for joining it. us, man. Thank you, guys. Our thanks again to Himes for uh, for talking a whole lot of mess about my oh, Sixers man. there. I'll tell you what, he is high on his Celtics this yeah, year. Yeah, you know, he's high on something, too. <laughs> I tell you, those guys, man, oh, you, you better watch out for those West Coast guys in Beverly Hills, man. They always high on something. Something. Man, it ain't life either, man, because he's high on some shit. I'll tell you that, talking all that nonsense. All that nonsense. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, our thanks again to Himes. You know we're going to check in with him as, as the season goes on. So, so Guru, let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back with, uh, with segment two. Uh, in segment two, you know we're going to talk about your top five defensive ends this week as we, uh, as we head four, in. Four, three, end, baby. Get that check, get them check, and get that quarterback. You know we're going to do the two-minute drill, and I got a special game time for you this week, as always. TTR, baby. Radio, back again. Segment two, Guru, you know what that means, man. That plug time. Plug time. Trash Talk Radio and TrashTalkRadio.com brought to you by the World of Sports Network.com. World of Sports Network, connecting the world through the sports we love. Get yourself over to the World of Sports Network page and find the Trash Talk Radio. We got the Sports in Order. We got the Encore and Off Court, guys. We got the Dead and Day podcast. All kinds of great stuff. New stuff all the time coming out on World of Sports Network. Not only that, but you should head over to the World of Sports Network YouTube page. Subscribe to that where you can find the Trash Talk Radio videos. You can find the other videos we're doing. All the good stuff over there, too. If you're looking for me, Lestro, you can find me on Twitter every day at More or Lestro. More or Lestro on Twitter. And the Guru is, of course, on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. It's yes just his sir. thoughts, man. Just his thoughts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One more time, Guru. TrashTalkRadio.com. And it's that hashtag 10K for TTR. There we go. All right, buddy. So we got a, we got the countdown to kickoff continuing here. We talked a little bit about it last segment. Four weeks left before the season. You've been telling us your top five players at each position as we're getting into it. This week, we're getting into the defensive ends. Is that right? Oh, yeah. We get into the guys that like to 
eat that sandwich meat. Right. That mean, you know what that means? The that quarterback, I sack right? That quarterback, baby. Yeah, I got a sack lunch I'm to take with him. about that sack. The word sack comes because of these guys, man. If you ever say, man, this is a sack, that's because you guys the great defensive end in the NFL. This is the guys that get that check because you know who the check is? That quarterback. Now get him, take him with him. <laughs> that quarterback because every sack could be a million dollars in their bank. So, Guru, tell us a little bit before we get started what we're looking for when you're looking through the film there on Guru's film room. What are you looking at when you're finding a good defensive end? It can't just be the ability to get there. What are we looking See, for? See, this uh, I'm breaking it down into two folds, all right? There's two types of defensive end. I'm going for the traditional 4-3 defensive end. That's who I'm talking about. Not the 3-4 as far as the linebacker rush end. I'm talking about traditional 4-3 defensive end. I will discuss the 3-4 pass rush, edge rusher uh, in next week's cycle. But traditional 4-3 defensive end, you have to have the ability to rush the pass rush. Quick first step. Right, fast first step. Fast first step, all right? You got to be relentless at all means. And you got to be versatile because you got to be able to also, while you're um, going to get the rusher, I mean, get the pass rusher, get the sack, on your way to getting the sack, you also got to be able to clean up the running back. Right. So you got to have that ability to be aware, to have awareness laterally, peripherally, um, and your hands, like I said about the D-line, is basically constant. You have to have great hands and great footwork. Hands, feet, movement, and balance is what you need. And I keep repeating it. It sounds the same because it is the same. It's the fundamentals. It's the fundamentals. That's why they call them be, the fundamentals. Is, exactly. That's why you lead. So these guys here have basically the, the body structure uh, because as a 4-3 defensive end, you got to be long. Long arms is essential. All right, so with that, let's get into it, Guru. Let's do it Casey Kasem style. We'll start off at number five. As always, Guru's top five defensive ends of 2018 – Hey, number five. Number five. This is the thing I love about this position because it's becoming a youthful position. You know, there's so many more younger, talented, defensive um, pass rushers coming out because that's the name of the game. You got to get the quarterback. Yeah, get big the quarterback. and fast guys, too. So a lot of guys are getting there. So one of my guys, most people might not know, but he's well known here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, my man, Frank Clark from the Seattle Seahawks. No one is going to know about Frank uh, because when you think about these Seahawks in the historically, you think about the Legion of Boom. You think about Cliff Avo. You think about Michael Bennett. But those guys are gone now. They're all gone. They're gone now. So now it's the new breed, the new blood. And Frank Clark is going to be the stalemate in that new breed, okay? The last two years, just the last two seasons, he has 19 sacks on the last two seasons. And people don't realize he led the Seahawks in sacks last year. Right. For all the defensive stars and names that they've had on the team, in Seattle. It's actually Frank Clark cleaning up the most quarterbacks. Cleaning up. Like, just in a limited role. 19 sides in two seasons in a limited role because he's always been in a rotational role like I mentioned with the Michael Bennett, the mm -hmm. Cliff Avils, mm -hmm. uh, the Bruce Irvins, things of that nature. So in, now... In baseball, we call it platooning. Platooning, right? right. So now he's going to get his chance to be the marquee guy to lead the young group of defensive line and you guys hear this. The guru foresee Frank Clark finishing with over 14 sacks in this season Ooh. and be a top five as far as the entire league. He's going to have what I call Call it Demarcus Lawrence type season, and Frank Clark will be known not only in the PNW but in the entire NFL, and he will be a top 100 NFL player by the end of the season. This is the this is the year that the uh, the league learns Frank Clark's name. This is, is what you're telling year. me, Frank Money Black Clark, baby. Remember that name, Frank Money Black Clark, man. All right, so Frank Clark from Seattle at number five, Guru number four, number four. Uh, speaking with another young young defensive line guy that likes to get the quarterback. My man from Saxonville Jags. Saxonville. Had to be at least cat. one of them on this list. Well, got to be one of them. And I'm sticking with the youth. Young cat. Yannick 
Nagahu. You know, of course, the Gugu always pronounce it. Terrible name for the Africans. One more and, time. Uh, Yannick uh, Nagahu. I think it's I think it's in Gogwe. In Nagahu, it's Indian, words, whatever. <laughs> Yannick in Gogwe. You know the guy. Yeah, you know the guy. You can't Don't spell you guys, it. Hey, He's the one we're hey, talking about. Like this. I, you might not know him, but every quarterback in the NFL knows him. <laughs> <laughs> Just the last two years, man. Twenty sacks the last two years. Great young talent, man. Got an explosive first step. Um, he's been he's getting a reputation now in the league as far as the guy that get to quarterback. So I'm looking for this guy to actually break the bank because this year I expect a double digit sack year, top ten sack year in the league for him because Saxon got a platoon of uh, talented D line. So remember this name, Yannick Ngagaway. That's right? close enough. You're gonna you're gonna remember this guy's name, Yannick Ngagaway. He will be a household name, and every quarterback, including Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, and the whole AFC South, will know this guy's first and last name and how to pronounce it. Not like the Guru. All right, Yannick Ngagwe from Jacksonville coming in at number four. Guru, let's move to number three. Number three, simple. This is one of my front runner last year for Defensive Player of the Year awards, right? Cameron Jordan for New Orleans Saints. You were high on this guy all year, man. You know how I felt about this since, man. This guy had a career breakthrough year. Finished fourth in the league in sacks last year with 13 sacks. And one thing that really got me with this guy is the impact. Even when he wasn't there, he had 11 pass blocks. From the 11. So even if you didn't get the sacks, you know how many times he deflected a pass? 11 times. That's could be that led to a couple of, a couple of those deflections led to interceptions, right? You know, and just ending drives. You know how bad it is for a quarterback to see an open receiver and then the D line bat the ball down. So that most people don't put a precedent in that. I look into that. That's a big time play in third and one, and sometimes the corner is not able to get there. But then, as a former DB, and you see the D lineman block the ball, you're like, woo! Yeah, you gotta get you pull a Ric Flair. You're like. Woo! <laughs> uh, so my man Cameron Jordan had a great, great career special year, and now with the new influx of talent with the uh, with the young New Orleans Saints, I see Cameron Jordan having a special year. I think he's going to double down on last year, and I think this year is going to be the best year he ever had in his career. All right, Cameron Jordan to the New Orleans Saints, the number three guru's number three defensive end heading into 2018. Number two, Guru. Number two, man. You know I love this guy. This might be one of my favorite guys in football. Joey Boza. You just love his name saying it, man. Joey Boza. Man, Boza has been my guy, my dude, since I'm, I've been following him from his recruiting cycles to going to Ohio State. I just love this. I thought this guy coming out, he got one of the best hands, NFL elite hands ready coming out of college. I thought he was one of the best defensive linemen I've seen coming out of the whole recruiting trip since in Dominican Sioux. So I have high praise on this guy, and he right now, he's showing why the guru had high praise for him. Just two, just in 28 games he played in the NFL, 28 games. This guy had 23 sacks in 28 games he have played. You call that a relentless, massive devastated defensive lineman. Seriously, that is the start to a career right there. That, man. that is, is the start of a career. You can build on that. Build on that. 23, 23 sacks in 28 possible games for Joey Bozer. I love this kid. He got it all. One thing I'll tell you, I told you, he got probably the best hand movement in the NFL as far as our defensive line goes, and he's relentless. He's relentless. You won't outwork this guy, and he goes till the whistle is blown. 
Very nice. All right. So as before we get to number one, let's review our top uh, our top five going forward. Guru's top five defensive ends of 2018. Frank Clark of Seattle Seahawks. Yannick Ngagwe of the uh, Saxonville Jaguars. Uh, Cameron Jordan out of the New Orleans Saints. And Joey Boza from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I still can't get used to saying that. <coughs> Guru, the Los Angeles Chargers. Who does that leave us at number one then? Simple. The biggest, the baddest, the biggest bully in the block. Uh, man, uh, please, this guy. somebody pay this man, Khalil, Mr. Devastating Mac. This guy has it all. Of the uh, Oakland Raiders. Of the Oakland Raiders. There's nothing much we could say. I think anyone that watches football that knows football knows Khalil Mack is the number one devastating force, not named uh, uh, Aaron Donald in the defensive line. This guy's versatility does it all. He has a impeccable bull rush. Strong enough, he could take a grown man with kids, let's show, with three, four kids, and just take him with one hand like this and just push him and pancake him like an IHOP pancakes, man. I'll tell you what, man, that, that is big, because anybody who knows, uh, you get a kid, you get that dad strength, so you got four of them. That is like exponential, <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly, man. So, uh, Khalil Mack is just a Beast, man. Like everything you can do as far as his hand, his strength, his movement, um, his versatility to drop back as far as coverage. He does it all. He's the best. He's holding out right now because just like um, Aaron Donald, those guys are the best in the world, okay? Right. They're the best on earth. Pay this man his bank. Pay this man his money. Khalil Mack is that good. Sing, sing, well All right, so that is our top five gurus, top five defensive ends going into 2018. Uh, Frank Clark, Unique Ngagwe, uh, Cameron Jordan, Joey Boza, and heading up the list, Khalil Mack of the Oakland Raiders. Pay the man, says the guru. Get sing, that wallabee. check, Khalil. Get that check. You know what? And then after that check, I wonder what song he's going to play. Return of the Mac. Hey, <laughs> return of the Mac. <laughs> so, Guru, uh, with uh, defensive ends out of the way, who are we talking next week? Uh, next week now, we're actually going to get the sack, the other sack is that comes from the linebacking court. Now, we got the guys that actually line up and plays, put their fingers on the ground and go get the quarterback. That's all. The whole job is to go get the quarterback. We're talking about the three, four defensive ends, the one that just go get the quarterback. That is next week on TTR. Make sure you tune in to join that. Well, Guru, that means it is time for the two-minute drill. Are you ready? Let's get it. All right, so there's how we play the two-minute drill uh, every week on Trash Talk Radio. This is our opportunity to talk about the things uh, that we didn't get a chance to talk about in the show so far. I put two minutes on the clock. I start lobbing questions at the guru. Are you ready? Let's get it. Here we go. Question number one. Our boy in uh, Toronto, Luca, with the Waterboy Report, posted this week a thing asking if LeBron James is the greatest Laker. Quote, the greatest Laker. What do you think, Guru? Is L.A. Bron the greatest Laker? <sighs> L.A. <laughs> Bron is probably the biggest Laker. Uh-huh. Is the biggest Laker, but I was hate to say this. I think Kobe Bryant is the best Laker. See, and I said that. Uh, I said that I think LeBron may be the best player ever to wear a Lakers jersey, but he's not the greatest Laker. He's not How the you, greatest Laker. He's the greatest Cavalier. He's not the greatest yeah, Laker. Let's be honest. Best, yeah, he's not the greatest Laker. All right. Uh, so uh, let's see. Well, before we leave football, Dwayne. Uh, before we leave basketball, Dwayne Wade said this week that if he plays this year, it's only in Miami. He's turning down the twenty-five million three years in. Uh, in China. My question is, do we see Dwayne Wade and will it be with Miami? Dude, if I Dwayne Wade, you think you the only one I just want to play in Miami? Right. Come on, dude. Like you the yes, if I have a choice, I only want to play in Miami too. And he's not talking about the court. He's talking about 
off court. Right. You know, just yeah. like it's a business decision for Dwayne Wade. It's <laughs> not, that's what we all do. KD made a business decision. You know what, D Wade, Wade County, just grow old in Miami, man. So you think we see him this year? We see you think we see him in Miami? Yeah, him and Pat, that's his boy, man. That's true, but I think if LeBron calls, he goes to LA too. <laughs> you, know, you can you can you can bet on that. All right, over to football. Uh the Browns this week traded their former first round pick, Corey Coleman. That means of eleven first round picks that the Browns have had from two thousand nine to two thousand sixteen, none of them are with the team anymore. Eleven first round picks, none of them with the team. What the hell are they doing in Cleveland? Um, wasn't that the same team that went 0-16? Good be. Good All be. Right. So if you don't win a game in the NFL, I don't care if you're first round, second round, you won't be on my team. <laughs> you got to get out. You got to get out, son. Gotta and get we out. ain't talking about the movie, get out. But you got to get out. <laughs> Staying with football, Aaron Rodgers this week blasted his young receivers saying they had a piss poor effort in practice. Guru, go. Aaron Rodgers. You look. I'm talking to you right now, buddy. Woo! What have you done to deserve to talk like this? You are the biggest, best player to ever. They're just the biggest gluttony of best player in the history of the <laughs> league, okay? You only won one Super Bowl. You have not dominated your division or your conference. Drew Brees is arguably better than you, okay? You can dominate Russell Wilson. You haven't dominated Cam Newton. You haven't dominated <laughs> Eli Manning. You have not done anything to deserve all this pass we're giving you, Aaron Rodgers. So all I'm saying is P-A-U-S-E. <laughs> Double verticals on Aaron Rodgers until you get me two Super Bowls. And there it is. I knew that would set you off. Guru, I know the horn sounded. I got one more question for you. This week, I paid through the nose to go see Pearl Jam. Is there any band that you would just, it doesn't matter the amount of money, if they're playing, you're going to see? Anybody like that that you're like, you know what, Jay-Z's in town, I'm going. Uh, if, uh, if anybody comes through, is there anybody that gets your money no matter what? You know what? And this is just between the guru and nobody else. Y'all don't better don't tell no one about don't this. Don't tell no one. Don't tell no one about this. But um, if them Spice Girls come back, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, if them Spice Girls come back, man, you know, hey, I might do a little something. Tell me a little something, something. What is it? I do a little song, something, yeah. something. You know? Tell me what I want, what I really, really yeah, want. I tell them what I want, what I really, really want. I want... Spice Girl. I don't want to get in trouble, man. All right, all right, all right. Well, Guru, that takes us to game time. Oh, man, let's do this. Here we go, game time. Game time. Game time. Game on. Game on. Sounds like game time. play a game of stickball. All right, Guru, as always on game time, right answers get us uh, Marv. Yes! Wrong answers get us Rabel. It's no good! This week for the game, we had talked about it. I mentioned it early in the show that I went to see Pearl Jam at Safeco Field, home of the Seattle Mariners this week. So I thought for this week on game time, we'd play a little bit about things that happened at stadiums that aren't their normal sports. So, Guru, I'm going to ask you questions about other things that happened at stadiums. Are you ready? Oh, man, I know a lot of things that happened in the bucket list of the Guru Stadium, dog. Here we go. Hey, this is NC-17. <laughs> Question number one. Let's not get into that. <laughs> okay. All right, question number one. While the attendance figures for Pearl Jam's two sold-out shows are still unknown, prior to this week, what event held the record for the most people ever to pack into the baseball stadium, Safeco Field in Seattle? What event had the highest attendance? Was it WrestleMania, a Bernie Sanders rally, 
Beyonce and Jay-Z or the short-lived Seattle Bowl college football game? What drew more people, the highest attendance at Safeco Field? WrestleMania, Bernie Sanders, Beyonce, Jay-Z, or the Adele Seattle was, Bowl? I thought Adele, Adele came in and just killed it, man. I don't even know if she played Safeco, though. Oh, okay, Safeco. I thought those guys, um, no Pearl Jam, the other band, man, they did, they killed it a couple last year. I remember that. Well, U2 was over. U2, yeah. They were at a century length. Oh, it was century Yeah, they were the Never football mind. field. You're right, you're right. Uh, easy, JMB. JMB is an excellent guest. Man, that- it was actually WrestleMania in 2003. I should have known Vince. Oh, 2003? 2003. They oh, packed yeah. it in. Oh, yeah. Man. I was still watching that then, man. Yeah, I, still... I didn't even remember it. Hey, if MTV World will come to um, Safeco. No, what is it? CenturyLink? Safeco. Safeco? Safeco. Are we talking about? Oh, we talking about Safeco. Safeco. Look, fuck all this Safeco Century shit. Next question. <laughs> Interestingly enough, WrestleMania not only held the record at Safeco for the longest time, but they also held the record for the longest or for the largest indoor attendance ever. From 1987's WrestleMania 3 at the Pontiac Silverdome, they had 93,000 people to watch WrestleMania that year. That record held until 1999 when what outdrew WrestleMania in St. Louis? Was it another WrestleMania? Was it an evangelical Christian conference? Was it Lollapalooza? Or was it the Pope's visit? What outdrew WrestleMania First of all, 3? The Pope ain't going to start St. Louis. So it ain't <laughs> no damn Pope. All right? Uh, secondly... <laughs> What was the first option? Was it another WrestleMania? No, nah, no, nah, it was a Christian thing. You, uh, evangelical yeah, Christians? Yeah, 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 that's it. Oh. It's no good! Hey, was, I try to give love to the religious viewers, man. It was actually Pope John Paul II. What drew, the hell, Pope, man? What the hell are you doing in St. Louis, that's man? That's an excellent question, man, Pope. what the hell, Pope, man? You better, well, I know uh, what you're trying to do. Trying to get that St. Louis barbecue. I know yeah, about that barbecue, <laughs> baby. That barbecue chicken, Pope. I know you, Pope. I got you. Guru, speaking of records, what baseball stadium holds the record for the most NFL games held at a single stadium with 365? Easy. Wherever the Oakland Raiders and the San Diego Chargers, because I always see the baseball field on them. One of them. Hang on. <laughs> what, this is The record held until 2003 when the Meadowlands, which has two football teams, passed them. Which stadium had the most NFL games until 2003? Was it Sky Dome in Toronto? Mm-mm. Was it Wrigley Field in Chicago? Was it Cleveland Municipal Stadium? Or was it Shea Stadium in New York? What Which baseball had the, field had the most football games? Oh, what's baseball field? Yep. You Sky sure Dome, it, Wrigley Field, Cleveland Municipal, or Shea? Man, you better. I want to check that again. I'm going to stats check that, man, because every time I've started watching football, I always see the Raiders with the baseball field. All right, that's a good question. The point there every, is that's a multi-use stadium. This is a pure baseball stadium uh, that they're playing football okay, 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 okay. Pure baseball. So is it the Sky Dome in Toronto, Wrigley Field in Chicago, Cleveland Municipal, or Shea Stadium in New York? I want to say Shea Stadium. Ooh. It's no good! It was actually Wrigley Field, home of the I was Cubs. I between those, man. The Chicago Bears played in God Wrigley Field for like 70 years. They played 365 games. I didn't the, know that. The reason they're the Bears is because they were bigger than the Cubs all oh. grown up. <laughs> all right, question number four. While football and baseball, football on a baseball field is rare, outdoor hockey is even rarer. But in two, not a word. But in 2008, <laughs> the NHL hosted its first winter classic at what stadium? <laughs> what stadium did the, NF, the NHL host a winter classic drawing 71,000 fans to an outdoor hockey game in January? Was it Wrigley Field, 
Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Ralph Wilson Stadium in Buffalo, or Yankee Stadium in New York? Who hosted 71,000 people to watch outdoor hockey? I'm feeling catch-up today, baby. What about that Heinz Field, man? I know it's Yankee Stadium, right? Oh, Wrigley Field? God damn. It was Buffalo. In Buffalo, they got 71,000 people to come out and watch hockey Man, dude, in January. I remember they done. The hell are you doing, Buffalo? They, they, they had hockey, too, somewhere in, in outdoors in Pittsburgh or something. They did later, yeah. Definitely yeah, had the game see? there. All right, number five. Speaking of Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium has hosted a bunch of concerts. During one of them, who famously said, quote, who's this Derek Jeter guy? I heard he has more hits than me. Who said that Derek Jeter had more hits than him? Was it, or her, was it Jay-Z, Paul McCartney, Madonna, or Justin Timberlake? Who does Derek Jeter have more hits than? Jay-Z, Paul McCartney, Why Madonna, you gonna or Justin Timberlake? Why you going to make me feel like I'm sexist? Because Jay already know Jeter, so it can't be him. And just the way you use your sexist tone, I think that you try to sound like a girl. Like, I saw that. So I'm going with process of elimination. I'm going with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> All right, you got it. It's no good. It was actually Paul McCartney because yeah, you know British, you know, oh, same yes. thing. But it was actually Paul McCartney. Uh, you no, know, same difference. Uh, got me on that one, girl. <laughs> All right, question number six. Interestingly enough, Paul McCartney's former band, a little four-piece called the Beatles, started this whole stadium thing when they played their 1964 concert. Where was it? Fenway. Old Yankee, Dodger, or Shea Stadium? Where did the Beatles come Shea, to? Shea, man. Uh, that is 100% correct. Yeah. Beatles at Shea Stadium. And finally, Guru. Because was it called Yankee Stadium back then? It was. It was a different Yankee Stadium. Oh, that's on my yeah. Finally, Guru. I know Brazil is close to your heart, so let's end this game in Rio, where in 1994, one artist drew three and a half million people to the Copa to watch a concert. They eventually held the 2016 Olympics on this beach as well. But what artist holds the record for the largest attendance ever with his concert or, or with their concert in Rio? Is it Madonna, the Rolling Stones, Rod Stewart, or Prince? Who drew 3.5 million people to a beach mm-hmm. in Rio? Madonna, Rolling Stones, Rod hey, Stewart, first or of Prince? All, if, if, if the Spice Girls going to be in Rio, trust me, they'll bet about 5, 7, 8 million. That's one. Yeah, we'll get there. Secondly, you know... It got to be something that I to do with love because the gooey loves and the gooey loved the Brazil. So I'm going to go with the Prince. Ooh. I would have too, actually, if I had to be honest. It's Rod Stort. Of all fucking people, Rod Stort has 3.5 million people at their concert. Rod Stewart, man. Rod Stewart. The only Rod Stewart I know is from The Daily Show. Let's say it was 1994, though. So that's, that's the only Rod Stewart I know is, from The Daily Show. That is that is John Stewart. Same difference. Same difference. That's the only Stewart. That's the most famous Stewart. You know what? You got to tell me, who's the most famous Stewart right now in 2018? Cordell, who, obviously. Who, who, who's Bill Stewart? Sean Stewart? If you are Stewart, you're tied to Guru. I'm looking for all the Stewarts out there, man. Stewart this, Stewart this, Stewart that. Stewart the video to the Guru, man. And that is the time we have have on Trash Talk Radio this week. <laughs> Join us again next week, as always. Our thanks to Heinz at the Sports Me app. Uh, and and uh, you can always find me, Lestro, at More Lestro. You can find the Guru at uh, Guru's Film Room on Instagram. And you can always go to TrashTalkRadio.com. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Until next time, I'm Lestro. And this is the Guru. Thanks hey. for listening. All the stewards, baby. All the stewards. <laughs> Hashtag 10K for TTR.
Return of the Mac. Hey, <laughs> Return of the Mac. 